Hey everyone, welcome back. It's been a while, but this is season two of Gateway Episodes. We took a bit of a hiatus with the end of season one, um, but now we are back in full swing. My name is Derek McDuff. I am your host, and joining me are uh, the two guests today. We have Alan Torres and Ariel Ortiz, also from the Undercast Company. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going? Uh, so for anybody who hasn't really listened to this show before, uh, this is Gateway Episodes, a show where either I am introduced to a show or someone uh, introduce someone else to a show um, that they should really get into via a Gateway episode, as in, hey, watch this episode, you'll get into this show. Um, it was a lot of work to do, um, and I kind of put it on hiatus to focus on some other podcast stuff uh, that I've been doing with these guys. A lot of it was because these shows are long. They're six, seven, ten seasons. So when I get a show like Star Trek Next Generation or Arrow suggested to me, it does take quite a bit of time commitment to get into that show if that's something I want to do or Justified or any of those shows. So I decided coming back for season two to focus on miniseries or limited series. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. This is going to be an eight-episode run released week to week, starting with this week's episode, um, and I am going to be introducing Alan and Ariel to one of my favorite limited series, and that is uh, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Um, what did you guys oh, think? fuck, That was the first one that we did together on your first season, right? We did, the, yeah, we did regular Gilmore Girls, and they came out the limited yeah. series later on, yeah. but uh, yeah. no, we're actually going to be talking about um, uh, The Queen's Gambit. Um, yeah. so I had these guys watch, um, the episode two, uh, of the Queen's Gambit, which is entitled Exchanges. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, this is a Netflix original series. Um, it won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Limited Series, kind of helped launch Anya Taylor-Joy to Into the Stratosphere. It's about a chess prodigy, um, set in the, I want to say the 60s, um, yeah, the 60s, uh, starting the 50s, kind of going into the 60s. Um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite miniseries of the past couple of years, and neither of you guys had seen it, so I wanted to introduce you to it. Um, what did you guys think about this episode? Well, for me, actually, I I have had encounters with, with the Queen's Gambit show. Um, I kind of like had watched clips of, of some of the or moments of some of the episodes like in passing because my dad had been watching it and then I was just kind of like you know going in and out of of the living room and stuff like that and I did actually have watched the last episode in completion before this but yeah. now going by that I still have not seen the whole series right right um, but coming back to this this um, episode, yeah, it very much lays the groundwork for this story very well. And, like, to the point where I'm, like, now interested, like, what was even told in the first episode? Because, like, a lot of what is seen later on, or what I've seen later on, it has its origins in this episode, you know? Like, um the or you know the origins of her, of her like playing chess like competitively and then also her starting with you know um substance abuse and and then her relationship with her 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 adopted mother and and all the, all these things 
like kind of have their start in this one specifically the second episode where i'm guessing just the first one was just like her the spark of interest of 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 playing chess and and that way but i would say that like this one acts more of like an origin story you know because it has all of these different elements that are gonna play a part in later episodes and, and specifically play a major part in the last episode so so yeah but oh definitely like i've always been meaning to come back and watch the series so this was very much a really good excuse to kind of like kickstart and finally get into the series myself and um yeah i'm excited to just probably just like um I don't even know if like I want to go back and for- see the first episode, but but definitely <laughs> continue on after episode two. Yeah, yeah. Just just quickly. Uh, so I'd say yeah, the first episode it kind of it's almost like an extended prologue, and that's part of the reason why I chose this one because the first episode when you kind of watch you're like, okay, I get why some of this stuff is necessary because it lays some groundwork, but the story really does start here with the second one. Like, there's some stuff, like, it's because it's about her as, like, a kid. Like, Anya Taylor-Joy is barely in it. Um, it's another actress playing her as um, a much younger kid in the orphanage. Um, and it sets up some stuff like her learning the rules of chess and um, for Mr. Scheibel and, like, her first, why she, like, kind of is drawn to those tranquilizers and slips into this drug abuse. Uh, so it lays some groundwork, but this is really, like, the chapter one, whereas that is more of the prologue. But, um, Alan, what what did you think about this episode? Um, well, I really dug it a lot. I actually was super... I, I, I'd been interested in it. A buddy of mine had told me, like, he, he binged it, like, one weekend. He was like, oh, dude, it was unexpectedly good. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, right before I got that big, big, like, um, push or whatever. Like, like, when it blew up. But, honestly, yeah, it was a great starting point. Because by, like, by the time I was over with the episode, I was like... I don't think I need to see the first episode because I feel like this explained pretty much everything. I assumed the first episode was just going to be her as a kid. Maybe somebody introducing her to chess or something. And she's just like, all right, I dig it. I'm an orphan. I, I'm going to learn it. Like, uh, uh, that's my assumption. Because I feel like this episode explained a lot right away. And, and also, too, it kind of has like a slow start as well. So it feels like it's already a starting, you know, first episode. But no, I, I really dug it a lot. Like I, I liked the, um, like I liked her character. I liked that that you can see the precursor of what's going to happen later. Because I didn't know about like the drug addiction. All I knew was like she's a really good chess player and she's like, you know, breaking boundaries and knocking walls down to be like one of the best chess players. But. No, I, I dug the hell out of it. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And like, especially the that last chess match against uh, the Dursley kid yeah. from Harry yeah. Potter. I was like, yo, yeah, kick that kid's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It, it was really good. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely. I can see what I can I can see what the hype is about. Nice. I'm I'm glad you guys both really enjoyed it because, like I mentioned, this is one of my favorite um, limited series ever. Um, certainly from the last few years, and um, you know, like you were saying, I think that starting here, almost you can you can maybe even skip the first episode. You don't necessarily have to go back. It is good to have some of that information, but uh, this is kind of the crux 
of it all, and it is kind of a bit of a slow start. That's maybe the only problem I have with that first episode. It takes a while to get into anything, but here you're like, okay, everything's starting to roll. She gets involved in this chess tournament, and it starts to set up the themes of the show really, really well. Um, we kind of touched on, you know, kind of her addictive personality and her drive to be the best, but also, you know, just her in the bathroom, just like her, like literally and figuratively coming into her womanhood, just like as she beats this guy who she has a crush on. And that kind of like kicking off a lot of things with the show and small spoiler, but the guy Towns does become like, a you know, a major recurring love interest. Um, a lot of the characters you see in this become very, very important characters um, later on in the show. And yeah, the themes kind of carry that, over. And one that you see on a magazine, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I, I really, really dug this episode. It's it's probably one of my favorites in the series, but it is... The, it, almost every episode is, is just great. And that's one thing, I think, that is a really big advantage to the miniseries slash limited series format is this is only seven episodes. So they're all just going to be... If it's a good show, they're all going to be great. You don't have to worry about, like, okay, it's this one, it's this one. And it is more extensive than a movie so you can really get to know these characters you can kind of lock down and be interested in these plot lines but it's not like a tv show where it just goes and goes and goes and goes it's it's a really interesting good amount of time to tell a story like seven episodes that's just kind of perfect and we're now because of the rise of netflix and all these other streaming services we are getting so much of that and it's something that i am really excited for um, but I think we kind of, you guys kind of already answered it, but you guys are planning to kind of dive in and step through the gateway with this episode? Yeah, definitely me, because, I mean, I like I said, I've been meaning to get back into, well, get back around and watching it from, you know, fully. And, yeah, it's always, it's always seemed like a very good story and, and, and something that, that I definitely want to check out. And, and, yeah, just... Just from this episode, you could see how like incredible, you know, Anna Taylor Joy's um performance is. I mean, it's such like I would be nervous <laughs> to go against her just because you know how she she has this very unique look, but then it's also like the way she uses her her look is so intimidating mm-hmm. in it, and like is so like um you know. It, it's it's like you she's a silent you know like master even before she becomes like a a grandmaster you know eventually but yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she she's got this like yeah like you're saying this quiet confidence and just like when she shows up people are like oh, okay who's this new person and she just like has no time for that inner bullshit she's like yeah i want to play this guy let's go i'm gonna beat him i'm really good i know what's going on but uh alan how about you I'll I'll definitely go back and and finish it for sure because like I'm already intrigued in it and I, as of late, have been getting really into these types of like competitive, type of films and shows where like you know it's somebody just, you know, just going through it like just them and like I I want to be the best or I want to give it a shot or I want to win this or you know they have like a, a set goal. It's kind of like very anime in a sense, I guess like. I don't know, I feel like I've seen some animes where it kind of has a type of flow of where it's, like, the main character is like, I, I gotta be the best, or I gotta be, like, the best fighter, or whatever, something like uh, that. And Oh, it's our favorite I, trope. I feel like this show... 
It's our favorite trope huh? of, of a tournament sh- trope. It's our favorite trope. Yeah, yep. tournament arcs. Exactly. Well, I love yeah, sports absolutely. movies. Exactly. So I, I'm a sucker for that. I immediately go, oh, man, I got to see this. And, you know, obviously it's chess, so you're not going to see all these, like, powers and abilities or anything like that. But it's still kind of cool seeing, like, the, you know, the, the thinking process and, like, how they, like, when she got up and walked away during the, the chess match where she was like, holy shit. And, like, she had to, like, psych herself back in to be like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you got this. You got this. And then right there and there, she, she like, takes a pill, right? Like, she, she just pops one in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does the old Gary Oldman and pops the pill. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, well, there it is. I was like, holy shit. And, I, I yeah, like, it, like that already made me go, okay, so she's going to spiral. And she's going to be, like, trying, trying to be the best chess player. She wants to be a grandmaster. I was like, all right, I'm in. I was like, I need to see this like spiral and then her somehow ban- bounce back up. Yeah, and I think that's you know that kind of tournament arc that um, lends itself really well to specifically the miniseries. Whereas a movie, you know, you'd only have like time for a couple matches probably, and there wouldn't be all these ups and downs. But in this, each episode can be about you know a different tournament that she's going to, and she might lose this one or she might win this one. You bounce back and forth, and kind of you're like, okay, where is she overall? And it does give each one enough time to kind of breathe and i think it also does a really good job of kind of introducing you to the basics of chess so you can understand it you might not understand all these different like she throws out all these terms about this defense and you know if i use this attack and this strategy and that for non-chess players is going to go over their heads chess players will get it and be like oh my gosh this is cool this is accurate you know it's based on a novel by an actual chess player but, you know, if, it does a really good job of kind of, like, giving you enough exposition about, okay, who's this person, how to clock, like, how does a clock work, you know, kind of making her still, even though she knows all the chess, a little bit of fish out of water in this competitive format. Who's this guy? What's a grandmaster mean? And it kind of doles out that information in a very natural way. And then something, too, I wanted to touch on that you brought up, Ariel, is just Anya Taylor-Joy's performance and how incredible it is because... She, I feel like she has, is very, very unique where she, and it's really perfect for this um, role because she is both able to play this kind of like socially awkward dorky character, but she kind of over the course of the series transforms into the very elegant, you know, very classy character. And she's able to play both of these characters really well. And you see that metamorphosis and it happens very naturally whereas a lot of actors and actresses might not be able to pull that off super well think of a lot of like old 90s tropes where they just like put glasses on someone and be like oh my gosh she's so dorky but we gave her a makeover you know it doesn't feel like that it feels like oh wow like she really has this kind of like dorkiness but also this just kind of like grace to her that really works really well um and kind of endears you to the character but she's also in either of those modes just locked on and totally you know like believes in herself and you know even though she does kind of take him has to take a moment and like takes that pill in the bathroom um but yeah i i think that you know this enough i can't say enough praises for her and she did win a slew of awards for this and kind of she was already on the upward trend with this but this really shot her into the next level where now we're gonna Get stuff. You know, we had last night in Soho last year with her. We've got the Northman coming out with her, directed by Robert Eggers, and I'm stoked for that. But yeah, um, I, I really dug it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and then like, even, like I kind of have you know a little 
inside because of watching the last episode but but definitely like yeah i am very excited to see like her journey from like because i've essentially essentially now have seen the beginning and the end you know so like it's it's, it's going to be very interesting to see that in between you know the complete in between and how she you know got, gets from here gets from a to b and um yeah i'm very interested in seeing it and i'm, and I'm excited to I'll probably finish it up in the next couple of days no <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's a very very bingeable show like you can just like throw this on and like stay up late one night and you're like oh i'm done you know Mm-hmm. So, did you guys have any like favorite like standout moments or anything about this that really just kind of struck you and grabbed you? Um, for me, I think it would it'd have to be like that final match. No, actually, um, uh, um, I think a good turning point for me of like her character was when she stole the magazine. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> it could be seen as like you know like. Um, you know, kind of like a bit of sh- uh, like the first tiptoe into like her downfall of things of like kind of playing loose with with more moral and and becoming a bit more ambiguous in her character, which I know that she kind of does become a lot. And like, um, but then also very much um, the first steps of when that girl comes and like like is being nice to her and help and like very much helping her out and stuff and it's kind of this showing of like the first le- thing that she's gonna learn this like lesson of like it's okay to like possibly have you know people help you and so so it's, i know that it's kind of it, like this i that those are the moments in this episode that i very much enjoyed where these like building of these stepping stones that that are eventually going to come into play and what she's gonna kind of find real you know realization on awesome uh alan okay so um yeah i agree with Ariel. one of my favorite stand-up moments was uh the the girl who was helping her out um it kind of really showed more about her character how like kind of um uh what's the term like arrogant her character is and like kind of like a little ignorant as well because like she just seems like just so gung-ho like no i can win i can kick anybody's ass that kind of hubris which i'm pretty sure it's gonna come in later on but i really like that like this girl was just like hey what's this clock for like i don't know what that is and she's like oh well it's because of this and at times you're thinking i actually didn't know i i assumed the clock was something like how long it takes to make a move or something. And then the pen and paper was pretty self-explanatory. It's just like write down your moves and all that. But that was a really cool thing, like to be like, to, like to show the audience and also kind of teach her at the same time to be like, oh, this is how it's played and this is what you do and everything. Like I, I love those little like expository moments uh, where they just kind of like explain certain things where like, you know, where they use the character as the audience in a way which again it's a very big anime thing where like you know the main character is like oh well i want to enter this tournament or i want to learn this technique and it's like well you can't do it like that because you have to and i don't know i always like dug stuff like that because like it really makes you feel like you're in the seat with the main character and so i really i really dug that and and again it kind of also made you kind of like that 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 
character as well, the, the, the girl that was teaching, I can't remember her name. Um, but I was like, it already made me go like, Oh, I hope they're like friends. I hope they like get along or something or, or maybe later on they become rivals or something. But I really enjoyed that. And then obviously the, the final, the final chess match with, uh, the, the Dursley, um, <laughs> which was really great, especially too. I feel like he was trying to intimidate her by like showing up late and, and not really giving a shit, just being like, yeah, whatever, dude, I got this. I'm, I'm like one of the best dudes in the state right now. And then just her like overcoming it. And again, this is all just like, it's really impressive and cool, but you're like, girl, like hubris, like you're flying real close to the sun. You know, maybe you, you got lucky this time, but you, you never know what's going to happen or what opponents are going to come next. And, and it's one of those things that I love because I'm just always like, oh, I want to see someone stronger. I want to see someone smarter and just kind of knock the main character down and just be like, hey, man, it's it's not going to be easy throughout. So I feel like it was a nice, like, victory where you're like, yeah, she won. But also kind of introduces you to the fact that it's like, hey, this time, yeah, she might have kicked ass, but wait until, like, you know, the stronger, smarter opponents come through where she's just going to have to like really you know practice and train and get better you know they'll use those mental exercises to really improve her her game yeah yeah definitely and i think you know it's interesting to see you, you kind of brought up how and when she's going to that final match and even the one before the guy's combing his hair and the, she sees these people being arrogant and she's like you know she's pretty arrogant too but she's like you know what i can back this up you guys better be able to back this up. If you you're gonna be arrogant, you better be able to beat me. Otherwise, and you know that's like a th- such a thing with like people who are very competitive. You know, like I just you know we're recording this just a little bit after the Super Bowl, and there was a moment when uh, I think it was like Aaron Donald got pushed out of bounds, and he's one of the best players in the world. And like there's he's always great, but you just piss him off. You just give him a reason to that that little he takes it up that little extra level. And it's the same thing whether she's just like, she zeroes in, she's like, oh man, and I love when she's like, you could have got out of this, maybe if you got here on time, but you're done. And she's just kind of like, you see it now? Do you see it? I absolutely love that with her. Um, but before we move on, because I kind of wanted to ask you guys about, you know, your thoughts on miniseries and just kind of limited series in general. Did you have any last thoughts on just the Queen's Gambit? No. Um, I mean, for me so far, I, I'm I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for it, and I'm really glad it's a miniseries mm-hmm. because I don't know how this show can be like multiple no. seasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it's in that format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know what you know. I kind of always harp on like the one thing I really don't like in TV shows is when they just kind of keep going and going and getting revived over and over when. It's like they're just kind of elongating out the story. They have no end goal in sight. And that's why, you know, I always talk about how I'm a really big fan of, you know, how there's all these prestige TV shows that have come up over the past, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, you know, a lot of them started, you can look back to like Damon Lindelof shows, how he was like, all right, I'm only going to do three seasons of The Leftovers, how he had originally planned to do three seasons of Lost and ABC wanted him to do 10 and they came to six. Um, but when it's a limited series, it's even more like, okay, we really do have an ending and a plan locked in. And, you know, this is just a direct adaptation of a book. So they were able to just kind of adapt the book and, you know, just do it like that without having to worry about, okay, well, what are we going to hold back for season two? We're not holding anything back. It's all happening here in this season. You're getting 
the full story. You're not like, all right, well, we got to put a filler episode here. Um, so I think that's one really big advantage of a limited series over something that has to keep worrying about getting renewed. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts or feelings about just kind of, uh, you know, limited series as a whole? No, I think I, I definitely um, agree with what you're saying of just like, uh, the limited series in the past couple of years have allowed us to allow, I mean, studios and storytellers to tell a very precise story. Like, like you you said earlier in in the episode about how, um, how it, it gives it gives room to expand a bit more than a movie would. So that's incredible. But then it also limits it limits it in a way where it doesn't overextend its welcome in a way you can say um so with with other sh shows that are like like for example another Lindelof show Watchmen um where you know it was just one season and it probably is just going to be this one season even though it really like and I would have loved at least like his classic 3 of Lindelof like seasons but, you know, but the one season that he gave with Watchmen is such an incredible story and has, in, even in the, the, you know, the few episodes that it had, is able to ex tell all these different mini-stories in the same time, but they're so cohesive. And I think that's what the limited series allows is a very, an outlet for a very cohesive story that you know that you could uh, go into a good amount of depth into but you're not you know like you said having that need of filler and stuff like that and i that's why i think like and, and you know of course um people's attention spans have gotten very low in the la in the last decade and stuff so that also adds to it but i very much think that the the his this the future of um television now should be if it's not if it's a multi-season show should be limited se seasons too because like you know from, ranging from you know 10 to to 13 or or something like that i mean like that's why i think the to to go on to that point is that the disney plus shows how is just rocking it because they just have these limited mm -hmm you know seasons like some of them are multi-season other ones are just a limited series like wandavision but then you know like we it 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 keeps itself to just the story that it can that they want to tell you know like um it, they can they could pick and choose you know which ones like okay this has a little bit more to tell in our, you know, in this universe that we're working on, like, Loki, you know, Loki's gonna be getting the second season, but then there's also, like, well, we told the story, like, with WandaVision, like, that's all that we need to tell in this format, and now we can move on to, to other things, other shows, and, like, it's very, it's a very exciting prospect of television. I really hope that television continues on this evolution because it just allows creators to tell the story that they want to tell. And that's it. The, and, like, I think that's what the 
viewers want in any way, you know, and it's just like this, the company, the, you know, the corporate hoopla and, and greed that makes these shows have too long of a stay, you know, so, so yeah, mm -hmm. very much so. I really hope that we continue on this creative evolution of not just limited series, but also shorter and, and concise seasons of television as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do think that is the way TV is going for because for so long the mindset is like, oh, we have a popular show, we're just going to keep going until we run this into the ground. But that has really changed with the kind of rise of prestige television and and streaming services. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on pretty much all points. Um, I, I I really I, up until the past couple of years, I've really started getting into limited series, especially with like certain shows just being like, hey. Even if they're multi-season, but they're like, we're only going to do like six, seven episodes a season. I'm completely up for it. I'd rather have that because, like Ariel was saying, I, I kind of really don't like the whole filler thing. I don't like where some shows have to go on a little. Like, like for me, I think 10 episodes is solid. It's a good thing. Unless, like, you really got to go to 13, sure. But it has to be, like, you got to be giving me action or something like you got to be going. I don't want one episode to be filler. And that was kind of one of my biggest issues with the Netflix Marvel shows is that except for like the defenders, but sometimes I felt like, Oh man, this could have been six, seven episodes. This doesn't have to be 13 and worse off. Like, I mean, before that we had shows that lasted 22 episodes or 24 episodes. And I, I can see why that was a thing back in the day because, I mean, even some shows still do it, sadly. But, like, back then it made sense because we didn't have all these streaming services. And, you know, people were like, man, it kind of sucks that, you know, you only get to watch your show once a week and you want to follow it. And sometimes you might miss an episode and, and you know, like Supernatural or X-Files or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, those shows really flourished having really long seasons because people can just chime in and jump in whenever they needed to and be like oh okay cool at least i got to see most of this season because they didn't have the chance to go back unless they bought the vhs or the dvds but yeah nowadays i feel like this type of limited series format ha has to be the way to go because now there's just no excuse there's no excuse to be like hey we we, we need to make all these episodes because we want to want to milk it and it's like no 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 people can watch it whenever they want there's really no excuse so it's like it's much better in this format and like you said you know like like watchmen was awesome like i only needed that one season i mean alan moore is probably pissed off as hell but at least he always is <laughs> he always is but i would have been like alan moore if they're like yeah we're gonna make another season i'm like nah man it was good like i like the way you ended it you don't need to the, the one show that was a little unfortunate but I feel like it kind of became a limited series all of a sudden was Lovecraft Country. Mm, yeah. Which is a phenomenal show, but it, it, it didn't feel like it was a limited series. It really felt like it was going to keep going. They, and then it just so, abruptly yeah, kind of ends it was actually on this, like... Gonna be in a, they were going to even do an, it as an anthology. So, like, I don't think they were going to have the same characters in the second season. That's what I, I heard, like, a few days ago that but in that way that's why it kind of feels like it was 
a limited series as well. I haven't been able to watch it myself, but that's like, at least you, with, you can have that kind of peace of mind with that show that they weren't going to like probably have those characters or they might have fallen up with. That's kind of like story is was limited to that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the way they ended it was very like, the door was open and, and you were like, okay, like it felt very more like, season finale not Mm. series finale so you're like oh but i mean hearing that news that it was going to be an anthology i mean guess still kind of sounds Mm -hmm. a little disappointing i mean i'm a big anthology person but i was like damn the story could have kept going but nonetheless um yeah i I I love this format i actually like you said ariel the the disney marvel shows and uh mandalorian i mean mandalorians but i feel like mandalorians a really good balance of like it's it's not a long season, but it really doesn't feel like there's a lot of filler mm-hmm. in it in both seasons. It just hits that sweet spot. Same thing with Book of Boba that just ended recently. And then, uh, you know, all the, the Hawkeye, Loki, One Vision, all that stuff. Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, all of those just... I like that it was a one-week thing. And then you can just stream it all when it all ends. But, yeah, I, I, I love that limited series kind of thing, so... I'm a big fan of it, especially with like some some creators out there that are really like, I like this format better. Like even directors like Mike Flanagan is like, dude, I don't even know if I want to go back to movies. Like he's like, I love doing this. You know, he killed it with Hill House and uh, Blind Manor and then Midnight Mass is <laughs> probably oh a masterpiece I, in limited oh series. I love Midnight Mass is one of my I, favorite things I've ever watched. Like we're gonna same. cover. I just want. I want to do a TED talk on Midnight oh, Mass. I, I, I just want to do a TED there. talk. <laughs> if if we could just like maybe like yeah, was, uh, I, that's I, we could talk offline. But I want to do a TED talk on Midnight Mass because I want to go so in depth into <laughs> that show. Oh, brilliant. It was th- probably my favorite, like, limited series I've ever seen. Like, it was just it's masterpiece. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that's, that's my, my two cents. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on um, and being on this first episode of Season 2 of Gateway Episodes. Um, you guys are going to both be coming back and pitching me a show. Um, I don't know if, Alan, you were going to stay with Lovecraft Country? Um... I gotta think. I mean, you have to decide right now, but um, I got, yeah, then, I gotta, I gotta yeah. think about it. And then Ariel, I know you uh, wanted to show me Band of Brothers, yeah. which is a show that I've been yeah meaning to watch Brothers for a while. Or... Um, so those are coming up. There's gonna be a you know total set of eight episodes. Um, no, you're saying Band of Brothers or um, Patrick Mahomes also, or I could do both. You do both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's Patrick um, Mahomes. Patrick Melrose. Patrick, no, Patrick Melrose. Like the quarterback? I'm sorry, Patrick Melrose. I was like, what? <laughs> I, was so, Patrick, I was so confused. No, I was like, no, we're no, just gonna no, watch a bunch of Chiefs games. Oh, let's stick with Brand. I, I really want to watch Band of right. Brothers. We got to stick with that one. All right, uh, thank you, thank you. but yeah, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be a few. There's gonna be eight episodes. Uh, like I was saying, they're gonna be released week to week. So, um, not gonna have to wait a month like last time. If you guys are hearing this, um, tune in next week. Unless uh, you're one of our patrons, who thank you guys for signing up for Patreon and you're getting to listen to this early, because this episode is releasing uh, early for patrons um, and uh, for everyone else. Once we hit 10 patrons, um, the season will start to release week to week, starting with, of course, this episode. Um, so, regardless, um, thank you guys for listening. 
Um, we do a few other podcasts um, at, here at the Undercast Company. Our main one is the three of us also do a podcast called Underrated, where we talk about underrated uh, films, um, and you can listen to that however you get this podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, all that. Um, or you can just look us up on any of our socials, uh, Undercast Company. Uh, but thanks again, everybody. Once again, I've been Derek, and with me have been Alan and Ariel, and I'll see you all Including in another one. Being amazing. It is, everybody.